Hello and welcome to another episode of Southside Trap Podcast, the podcast that helps you stay on side with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl Sandra. Here today to recap another Chicago Red Stars draw. Chicago Red Stars on the road against Houston Dash pick up a 1-1 draw. We're going to get into it for you. We'll talk a little bit about the game that will be taking place next weekend because there's a bit of a bye week this week. So catch us and our thoughts on that as well. Can't get through everything alone, so I'm here today with my friend, homie, and colleague, Claire Watkins, a.k.a. the scam originator, Claire. We're hanging out and doing this. Yeah. I mean, can't do everything alone. I'd certainly hope not. I like to lie to myself sometimes. <laughs> it helps get me through the day, quite frankly. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of lying, and I don't think anybody should be a big fan of lying, but sometimes lying to yourself is what gets you through the day. I mean, yeah, that's true. What a way to start. Hey, everybody. We're all feeling good and feeling great. We're going to be talking Red Star Soccer. Yeah. Houston Dash. Let's let's dive into our preview a little bit from when we talked about this team. Because, Claire, we said, like we've been saying all season, we don't really know what's going to happen against this team. Against Houston? Yeah, we don't really know. We're like, we're like... We were like, here's a couple players from Houston that Chicago should probably pay attention to and probably be on the lookout for. But mostly we were like, Chicago has sometimes gone into Houston and they have ended up playing out games a certain type of way because they have maybe felt a certain type of way playing in like Texas heat. And sometimes games have been, I don't want to say not so competitive, but they've been tough to, to play into. Like it's like sometimes kind of like a little bit of a sluggy match to get through uh, for this team. And we were both like curious as to how the Red Stars were going to like line up because over the last few weeks they had lined up a certain kind of way. We had started seeing Katie Johnson get more consecutive starts. And then we also started to see like the return of Vanessa Bernardo. So we were like, is this going to mess up the current flow of the team and what they're bringing um, on the pitch? And I don't know if it did do that because we saw uh, kind of a similar starting lineup that we've been seeing over the last few weeks. So let's take a look at that. The Red Stars lined up as followed against Houston. They had Cassie Miller net, Aaron Wright, Turner Davidson, Sarah Gordon, and Casey Kruger to run out the back line. Sarah Gordon, Morgan Gatra, Mal Pugh, Katie Johnson, Rachel Hill, and Kalia Watts to run out their 11. So Johnson again, getting tasked with the start. Yeah. I mean, like I said last time, I don't know uh, exactly what the final form of that position is, but I think that, Certainly, you know, Katie Johnson is doing a comparable job to what Vanessa DiBernardo was able to do in the first part of the season. Um, you have to ultimately think that the goal would be to have them on the field at the same time. But as people start coming back from injury and whatnot, that gets into a bit of a crowd. You're not going to be able to play Colaprico, Woldmo, Gatra, DiBernardo, and Johnson. Or you could, I guess. Um, but that's not exactly what they're leaning towards. So I'm interested to see what the final form of that is. But um, yeah, I mean, I thought it was, it's about the same lineup they've been rolling out with, right? It's about the same. And I yeah. was like, yeah, I mean, I think that that's their, their best shot at this moment. I was like, hmm, consistent, consistency. That is the word that I will use with my reaction to this lineup when it rolled out. And it was a good one, quite frankly. It was like, yeah, you know what? This is the lineup that's been coming out and getting the team results. I mean, 
question marks around wins, but like results have been happening uh, with this particular lineup. Um, but another thing happened in this game, dude, that has been happening all season where, you know, Chicago, um, whether it's on the road or at home, they they get on out there and they actually really put their best foot forward and they start playing some uh, really decent looking soccer uh, to open up their game. Uh, they were getting into good spaces. They were like trying to streak together passes. Mal Pugh has continued to like do what she's been doing this entire season. And then right around the 20th minute, it's for not. And Houston who similarly have been doing what they've been doing this year. They have been kind of content depending on the team that they're facing to just sort of sit back and, and play a transition game. And that happens when Christy Mewis lobs this like ridiculous ball over the top and Rachel Daly times it enough to sort of find herself beating Tierna Davidson and breaking through on a goal for Houston Dash after what looked like promising play from Chicago. Yeah, I mean, this game, nothing new happened in this game. This was very just in line with both of these teams' seasons. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought that this was another, talking about positives in the first half hour or so, I thought that um, this was another really, really nice game by Morgan Gatra. I thought she, you watch a game like that and she sticks out because the level of, of her ball movement um, is so smooth and and so impressive that even when you're watching a game between two teams that are sort of feeling each other out, she is obvious. So I think that I want to highlight that. And then, yeah, I mean, Chicago pushed very early in the match, right? And then it was kind of end-to-end. And, yeah, I mean, Chicago, it's, it's a pretty similar situation where they were all – they were pushing numbers in front of goal um, – Quick ball was an opportunity was seen by Christy Mewis. Quick ball sent out. Rachel Daly was in isolation with Tierna Davidson. Tierna Davidson misplays the ball. It hits her foot in a way that it took a goofy kind it took of a, yeah. It's trajectory. Like, I don't know if she hit it with the wrong foot or with the wrong part yeah. of her foot, but instead of diverting it away from Daly, it just kind of pushed it further into yeah. her path. Um, and then yeah, Rachel Daly pretty pretty solid finish there. So um, yeah, no nothing nothing that it didn't seem like Chicago couldn't like overcome, but you know, not the, it's probably, I mean, I haven't done the numbers, but at least the sixth game they've been down by one at halftime, something like that. Sixth, seventh game. Sounds correct. Yeah. I can't, uh, stat check you at the moment, but, uh, you sound correct. Quite might frankly. Be 10. They might have 10 <laughs> games this season where they've been down by one at halftime. You're like, let's just be real. It yeah. could be double digit figures. Um, I think my, like, honestly, dude, like my, like part of my initial reaction to this opening goal from the opposition as well. I was like, well, that's besides being like, well, that sucks, you know, because there was like all of this, like very promising play ahead of that. And then sometimes soccer happens like that. Like you take a touch and it's a, not a great one. And then it leads to that, but also just sort of watching, um, like kind of the decision-making there from like Cassie Miller, who has been quite frankly, really good for Chicago in goal. Um, she has sort of stepped in to fulfill a role that, Quite frankly, she probably wasn't, you know, expecting to, but things happen sometimes. And during the Olympics, Alyssa Nair sustained an injury. And so uh, her uh, time in in starting goalkeeper, like, got extended. So she's been in this position for more games than probably she initially expected. And she has done quite well in a lot of them. But a thing 
that I've noticed in some of these goals that there's like this quick hesitation sometimes. So I don't know if like there's these moments where, um, of self-doubt or, or what, or it, it's such a quick moment where you have to make that, that decision. I mean, goalkeeper is probably one of the hardest, if not the hardest position on, on the pitch, but it was just like another one of these things where I was like, man, I'm like, she's probably going to look at this highlight again and be like, what could I have done, done different? Because at that point you're like the last line of defense and it's like the, the decision-making part will really make or break that sort of thing. Cause she, she ended up trying to make a play on it, but just, wasn't able to, to come up with a save. Yeah, I mean, I think Cassie Miller is a very capable goalkeeper, but I'm not sure at this moment I would describe her as multifaceted. Like, I think um, she's very calm, and that element of her game, whether it's in distribution or when she does get the ball, she's never rushed. It never feels like she's pushed to do stuff she doesn't want to do. Very calm in distribution, ball at her feet. Um, but within that... Sometimes it feels like her reaction time is a little bit slow. And so if she could do both, then then it, I think she'd be the whole package. And so right now I'd say that, yes, she's been very capable. She's been very good for them. But um, there that is a limitation that we've seen. But also, you know, every time she gets burnt by that stuff, it's the difference between her totally bailing them out and – a, a good player scoring a, a yeah. pretty easy goal. So I'm not holding it's that so against true. her it's in so any true. way. You know, that is actually something that Nayer can be quite good at. Sometimes yeah. she totally bails them out, right? Um, but she also can be hurried in distribution. So yeah. it's like a flip side sort of a thing. Yeah, so um, true. So I don't know. I think that I think that one is on Tierna Davidson a little bit. I think that, you know, she could have done a little bit better. But also, you know, Chicago has been – vulnerable in quick transition all year so I don't really know if you can place that so much on the players as it's just uh right on good yeah <laughs> good and true yeah point you made there uh credit to the team I mean they didn't uh have like a poor response like from that goal quite frankly they didn't look dejected or anything like that they kind of well no they're used to it now. yeah 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 it's like they're conditioned they're like okay they're conditioned here yeah. we go again um yeah they had a good response uh got kind of right back at it and tried to chip away at it but um, didn't end up getting an equalizer, uh, you know, before the second half. So they head into halftime in a scenario which they're not unfamiliar with, down a goal, right? And uh, curiosity to see, you know, for me, like, oh, okay, well, let's see if, like, they, you know, Rory Dames ends up rolling out with this starting 11 um, still. And for the most part, he did, but there was a second half substitution that was made where uh, we're starting to see Vanessa DiBernardo uh, increase her playing time and get increased minutes. So she actually came in at halftime as a halftime. So for uh, Rachel Hill. And then we did get a brief moment of time to see, uh, you know, how that would work with Katie Johnson um, still on the pitch. Although Katie Johnson eventually did, uh, you know, make way for Danny Colaprico at the 68th minute. So not a, not a ton there uh, uh, to see at that moment, but a little a little bit uh, of a window. And uh, for Colaprico to come in, quite frankly, just kind of after uh, the hour mark, it just sort of felt like. And it's funny to sort of frame this around a player of her stature, but like, it just sort of felt like need maybe needed to get somebody like a little more rough and tumble, um, within the midfield into the game at this moment where you're starting to press like 70 minutes and you're still down a goal. Um, and eventually about 10 minutes later. Or so, uh, heroics as always, uh, 
Casey Kruger comes through with the equalizing goal. Well, so really does Danny Colaprico. I mean, yes, Casey Kruger was exactly where she needed to be, and it's very funny if you look at the XG map. Um, it's about as close to a 1.0 as you can get. I guess people from that position have missed before. Otherwise, it would be a 1.0. So God bless whoever has been standing or Casey Kruger was standing and missed because they've adjusted the data irreparably forever. Um, but no, that was a Danny Colaprico free kick, and that was really nice because we've seen some very nice obviously dead balls from Mallory Pugh. She's done a wonderful job with corner kicks, stuff like that. But obviously we know that Danny Colaprico not only can, can do well in dead ball situations, but specifically right there where Mal Pugh is taken out right outside the box. And again, just a testament to Mallory Pugh's uh, work rate and, and how good she is on the ball that that was basically just a tactical foul to stop her from making an entrance into the box. And then, um, yeah. And so Danny can not only hit, those kinds of things, whether it was, that wasn't an in-swinger, that was a direct shot. It was a yeah. shot on goal. <laughs> Danny took a direct shot on goal that forced. Let's see if it happens. Yeah, that forced Jane Campbell to make a, a rebound save. Yeah. And so you know that, you know, when you go for a goal like that, you're like, okay, so you it either goes in, it was on frame, which is not easy to do. It didn't go no. over. A lot of times you see that stuff go over. Um, forced Jane Campbell into a save, but all she could do would palm it away, and Casey Kruger was right there. So um, I, I felt like that was more of a team goal than, than I was going to say, for. like, can we like, like Pew to Colaprico to Kruger, you know, I was, <laughs> ping, ping, ping. Um, I was going to say, like, let's like maybe stay here for a second, though, and talk like like conceptually about like the 2021 Chicago Red Stars, where it's like, I know you and I have come on this podcast and we've chatted about that a bit. Like, we, what's the narrative of this team? Like, what's the storyline, you know? And like a thing that has been happening for Chicago offensively are these sort of like what set piece scenarios that they're finding themselves in and converting things some kind of way even if maybe if it's not like us like a stunning like well-timed you know shot that goes in there that it ends up being maybe something where it's like a dead ball scenario a ricochet shot that gets put back in they're doing it they're doing a thing that for a long time prior Chicago like former Chicago Red Stars rosters had a difficult time uh converting on but they're making that happen uh this year is that something that this team can hang on to and continue to potentially possibly right into playoff scenarios you know i was talking to i was talking about this on the equalizer podcast and i took i took a contrarian stance because i i am and we can talk about this after we talk about the game i am a little bit worried about where chicago sits on the table right now with their tie breaks and their games played however um it was put to me that in this sort of a season the teams that can kind of bail themselves out are the ones that will probably be in playoff positions at the end of the season and you look at like who's able to do that and who's not the dash have really struggled to bail themselves out in certain games this season, you know, um, or they let other teams bail themselves out against them. Um, Gotham has struggled to bail themselves out, except Evie Omanumanu is doing her very best, but, um, she's great. Uh, anyway, so it was put to me that if Chicago can keep doing these, these set piece goals, then, they have the ability to just kind of grind and we're in a position. I mean, I'm sure everybody is aware that the spirit have sat on it or have now been dealt, you know, a negative six goal differential and two losses handed down by the league. So um, that kind of a stuff, you know, in crass terms works in Chicago's favor. Um, so I think that that element of yes, if they can get these goals from set pieces, it means that they're going to be competitive 
in whatever games they're playing. And I also think it's kind of interesting that all of those goals come from like getting it in the mix, you know, getting the ball in the mix, which is what they really struggled to do um, in the run of play. It's like the opposite of, of what they end up doing in the run of play. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's great. I think this is, I have to imagine the most set piece goals they've scored in their NWSL history. I think they're sitting at seven, seven dead ball goals, um, which is unusual, but also, you know, if it's not coming elsewhere, why not? Got to get him, got to get him where you can. Yeah. This, this game, it, it closes out with that. It closes out with, um, the one, one draw, although it got a little tense there, uh, t- towards the end, but Chicago hangs on for, for the point. And I think that we another thing that I guess that we have to correct too from from last week's episode is we have referred to this initially as like the second meeting between the two sides, but this wasn't the fi- this was the final um, you know series uh, match between these two sides. So that's a wrap against you know Chicago and Houston for the 2021 regular season. And I think that's the thing that we sort of exit out on this particular match is that like those scenarios, those tiebreakers that could potentially come into play, down the line yeah Chicago and this. Houston are like triple tied right now yeah they're so, tied on they're tied on head-to-head they're tied on goal differential they are also tied on both goals conceded and scored correct so then I think they start getting into like yellows or something I think, yeah like disciplinary uh, um disciplinary type stuff and there is ab- absolutely a scenario uh tiebreaker for a possible coin flip although that is like the very last but resort. if there's any season where it comes to that this is it, it. would be this one yeah. <laughs> that's what I want to talk yeah. about but I'm like, you know what? Why does it feel like this is the season that holds that type of energy? Right. Yeah, for sure. Where it's like the coin. There flip. are also a lot of teams that are exactly like three points apart. Yeah. And so it's like one result flip sets you right into that tiebreaker. And, you know, Chicago loses one. Houston wins one. Um, so then they're tied and then they're tied, 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 tied. And then what? And then what, yeah. my friend? I guess that'll be another episode on another day because, again, the Red Stars now have, uh, I believe it's going to be six games left? Uh, five. They have five games five left. Five games left. They have five games left. And I will say that um, if you ask anybody who has been with the team since 2014, including Rory Dames or Vanessa DiBernardo, um or Alyssa Motts, or just whoever has been with the team that long. What famously kept them out of the playoff race in 2014, Sandra? It was a tiebreak. It was absolutely the tiebreak. It was the tiebreak. And they actually had the ability to not have a tiebreak in the last game of the season. And they tied the Western New York Flash. Yes. Didn't we do a deep dive on that? We (laughs) sure (laughs) did. And so I think Rory has actually referenced that at least once this season yeah. as being something that they don't want to do again, but it might get, it might get down to that. Folks, in case you're curious, uh, during the early days of, of the pandemic, uh, Claire and I took deep dives in our uh, Red Stars, uh, Days of Red Stars past series where you can take deeper dives on former matches and there was the infamous like big tie three three it was a huge it was like a six goal game yeah like a three three draw between the then western new york class and chicago and it ultimately was what kept them out of the 2014 playoffs that's right um uh, possibly something that set in motion a certain trajectory for this current chicago red stars team that has not a similar vibe yeah that has quite frankly seen the playoffs every single season 
since, yes. including the very odd and unforeseeable 2020 right where there was only the challenge cup and even then the chicago red stars found themselves all the way to the final to the final so this is just the very it's the the vibes are for lack of better wording or phrasing absolutely weird yeah um and it's just been something that we've been keeping an eye on and really not just right now with the five games remaining you know we've been sort of trying to keep an eye on this for probably a little bit longer than maybe some other other outlets just because of how closely we do follow this team and just right. the vibes that we do pick up on and we're just like man these are scenarios that can actually come into play and you hate to be right sometimes but it's it sort of just continues to feel like uh that that they might so uh i would hate to see it come down to that but what that means i think on the other side of that is that there are still five games left and you want to talk about how there's a real you know manifest your own destiny type deal here there's five games left for you to do it and it, it's so interesting too because you know we've talked about how the Chicago, the red stars haven't lost in a while which is great but they've also not won in a while either they have one win i think in the last seven but they also i don't think have lost many in that stretch either um so man if you win two of those games of those seven or you you know you build yourself say you win say there are two games there that you tied that you could have won whether it's like the louisville game or this game or the game against Gotham, right? Any of your away games, essentially. Um, you're sitting in front of Orlando. You're in fourth and you have a little bit of separation. The lack of ability to get those extra two points is why they're in fifth and still really, really close to the teams behind them. And so it's not like they don't control their own destiny. They sure do. But every game where that opportunity passes them, the less control they have and their next game is against portland let's talk about what comes next as we're sort of just speaking in generalities of these next five games that are in front of them also they- sorry guys if you can hear banging in the background someone decided to do some i don't know what they're doing outside my window right now listen it's still <laughs> technically summer in chicago yeah someone it's is still construction season working on a project and people are keeping it real and this this is what the people want quite frankly yeah. dude they want Windows us to be open, together sounds of the city they want us to be together you know hanging out and doing these types of episodes and that's going to include the environment around them they're going to get those noises as well anyway um, but what's next for chicago as we're talking about five games they got a little bit of a break here which is also why we're hanging out. We're like, hey, there's time for us to sit down and record a podcast together. Uh, But the international window is coming into play. Uh, There's going to be United States women's uh, national team friendlies that are going to be taking place against Paraguay. Um, Shout out to uh, all my Latin peoples. It is Hispanic Heritage Month. That's right. Uh, Rep your set where you see fit. Uh, and those are all things that come into play because the next game that is going to happen will be the Hispanic Heritage Night event for the Red Stars against uh, Portland Thorns, but that's not taking place until the 25th. So the team has a little bit of time to themselves unless they're, um, you know, Mallory Pugh or Tiernan Davidson or Casey Krueger. They are um, off on they national team. They didn't have to duty. travel too far, though, which is nice. They're in Ohio right now. Midwest games yeah. are nice. The mid- the Midwest component to this is yeah. quite nice, actually. Um, but... Honestly, uh, I'm expecting to see, you know, all of them probably get some minutes over the course of the next uh, two uh, national team games. Considering uh, they're all fit, yeah. I was going to say mainly because they are fit. Right. Um, and that was kind of like the national team angle there that there's, 
you know, players who were coming out of the Tokyo Olympics, you know, nursing some injuries and kind of picked up some knocks uh, along the ways. And that's what really those games are. They're just kind of those post-Olympic exhibition games, you know, where they can sort of, you know, hey, welcome home. Um, we got the bronze medal. And also these are Carly Lloyd's final matches with the United States Women's National Team since she went ahead and announced uh, her her retirement. So I do expect those three particular Red Stars to, to see some time in some capacity on the pitch over the next two games. Quite frankly, probably Mal Pugh especially. Yeah. Just everything that's been coming out of like some of the national team media stuff um, has just sort of alluded to that. Uh, Mal Pugh was like straight up made available. Yeah. But, you know, by U.S. Soccer, Vlako Andonovsky has like was talking a lot about her in particular in um, some of his media availability as well. Um, but it's that's the other cool thing when we're looking for cool things to talk about this team, because sometimes it really is about just being cool. <laughs> For sure, yeah. I mean, um, I think, but that's that, the cool thing. Like yeah. Mal, Mal Pugh is doing really well, and she has found a home in Chicago, and Chicago's helped her get back to a place where she wanted to be. Right. I mean, this is probably the first. I mean, we'll probably talk about this next week if if she does end up playing. But yeah, this is the first time she's really kind of, you know, she was in after the trade happened. She was in camp with them, obviously. I think in in December. Um, but this is her first time really representing as a Chicago Red Star who has played for the Chicago Red Stars and who might actually also play for the U.S. And so I think that um, the Olympics are over and the Mallory Pugh, uh, you know, her her resurgence, I think, is is at hand. And so I think that that is, is very exciting. Not only, and she's not, I mean, we talked about this last time, she's not getting brought back in just because she's a name that they know she's getting brought back in because she can contribute because she's good yeah right exactly <laughs> exactly so um yeah I think that I I am looking forward if there's any and I'll be honest like I don't care about these games but if there's anything that I'm keeping an eye on it's uh it's that for sure same here uh like that's really what I try to keep an eye on when I'm watching these games like let's take a look at red stars who are uh getting extended minutes or time uh, on the pitch and in this case I'm I'm particularly hyped uh for for Mal Pugh but um in terms of like a mini preview because in our content planning for all of you our loyal listeners uh we do want to plug very quickly that this extended break will also give us the opportunity to record uh, a patrons only episode so in case you haven't signed up yet to our patron um, please go ahead and do that because we had sort of uh you know we cast a, a little net out there and we said hey like would you like to hear sandra and claire on Southside trap specifically talking about like nwsl deeper dive type things and the feedback that we got was pretty positive from you all um and so we are going to do that for our patrons only um so there has been a lot of things that have been happening um in the league uh, in particular from one specific club uh and other things as well that we would love to sit down and i'm sure chat with each other and uh, share those thoughts and opinions with you all so look out for that uh, and we have already been discussing a little bit about uh the upcoming match that is going to take place um you know against uh, portland it will be here in chicago uh but we're going to take a deeper dive into that as well closer to that because yeah there's there's still things that, that have to happen like let us know if there's anything games. in particular you would like us to touch on there is a lot right but um and we can even go back to lisa baird's comments um, about the league, I had a very good conversation. Chicago-centric. I had a, some good conversations with Danny Colaprico and Julianne Sitch and NWSL Players Association Executive Director Megan Burke for a piece for Just Women's Sports. We can talk about CBA negotiations, um, stuff like that, kind of where those that those heads are at. 
uh any any and all of it just like whatever people are interested in yeah so we'll uh we'll probably have a, our own personal like list of topics that we would like to touch on um that have been going on in the league uh but we are doing this episode uh for our patrons so i i know in the past we've done like direct q a episodes um so this might be a little bit different from that so if there's an actual topic versus an actual question that you're interested in us touching on toss it our way and we'll try to include it within that segment okay so i just want to thank everybody for hanging out with us today i want to thank you claire for hanging out yeah, with thanks me for today coming through. well thank you for letting me hang out at the crib i, I do enjoy hanging out with you guys here uh, but i want to let everyone know in the meantime that if you enjoy our thoughts and opinions here on southside trap that there's a number of ways for you to continue your support of our work you can do that directly on our patron at southside trap patron go ahead and find a tier that works for you we have all kinds of subscriptions that start at the two dollar to twenty five dollar range with lots of different perks People have been getting their stickers. Y'all, yeah. I am loving. Yeah, keep sending us your sticker pics. It makes me so Show happy. Show us where you put them. I want to know where people are putting their stickers. They look so good. They do look good, yeah. Shout out to Yuki Nagasato. I want man. one. I'm like, wait. Yuki like really came through clutch with that. It yeah. is such a good piece. Shout out to the Rock Bunny. Um, I, I'm loving it. Anytime you guys get your stickers and you start uh, mentioning us or adding us, um, it's it's been delightful to see that. I'm with Claire. I want to see where you make the decision um, to put them. But that's another perk. There's all kinds of perks that are included, but that is one of them well um, when you sign up for a certain tier you uh will be getting uh, one of those uh sweet pieces of yuki nagasato art merch as well um but i understand we understand that sometimes supporting financially is difficult things are hard all over if you are unable to do that at this time i want to let you know there's a ton of other ways to continue your support of our work and you could do that primarily by following us on social media channels like uh, twitter or instagram and southside trap pod one letter p and you can go ahead and find us on streaming services like Anchor, Spotify, iTunes. That actually does really help us out so, so much. When you go over to Apple, leave us a rating, leave us a review. Yeah, it does make a difference. That stuff yeah. makes a huge, huge difference. So go ahead and leave us a rating and a review. And uh, everyone continue to be safe. Enjoy these uh, final last days of uh, really nice weather. Continue to wear your mask when asked. Get vaccinated when able. And uh, continue your support of Black Players and Black Life. And we will be back with you all next week with a special edition episode.